Hello, this is Pastor Tim Brown from Bailey Road Christian Church. Our desire is to share God's love and God's word with all people. Now let's listen to today's scripture, followed by our message. Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what has been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You'll recognize those as uh, perhaps the favorite and most recognizable scripture um, of Christmas. Actually, it was um, Charlie Brown who said, does anybody know what Christmas is all about? And then Linus read those words as a reminder to us. Well, today's uh, message I've, I've entitled for us, God's glory comes to us. But what does glory mean? It, it's one of those words that we hear a lot. It's in the scriptures and we even hear it in, in common, uh, common language, glory. What does it mean? The Greek word for glory is doxa, as in the doxology, which is a song of praise that's sung in, in many churches today. Doxa means one's reputation or opinion or renown. Other similar words to this that mean glory are, are the words fame and prestige, honor, distinction, magnificence, splendor, grandeur, majesty, beauty, delight, glory. In our passage, there's three times that the word glory appears. The angels appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, verse 9. And the multitude of angels praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. And after the shepherds had seen the child, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In these verses, we see that glory is something that we receive. It, it's something that, that comes upon us. 
the glory was shown around them, around the shepherds. But glory is also something that we give to another. This is the praise and the acclaim that we offer with our words and with our actions. This acclaim was offered by the angels and by the shepherds as well. Yes, there is a lot of glory to go around on that holy night. And I believe that our hearts were created and we long and we desire such glory, both to be in the presence of that glory, but also to give that glory to other people. But we don't miss witness true glory that often. But there are those special occasions those moments in life, those little images, if you will, when the glory of heaven is peeled back like a curtain and we can see the, the glow of God's glory shining through. We get a glimpse of what's behind. When those times happen, we're filled with awe, we're inspired and our hearts are warmed. For instance, at the birth of a child, it's a glimpse of that glory at the moment that we first believe in Jesus, a glimpse of glory. And the loving expressions of a friend, a relative, or a spouse, glimpses of glory. And in those moments of glory, we ponder like Mary, and we cheer and praise and glorify like the shepherds. But those moments seem far and too few. It's perhaps one of the reasons why we in this world, we seek after lesser examples of glory because we are created with something inside of us that seeks something greater. It's a longing that we all have. I remember a time in, in my life when I was in, in high school. It was, it was probably around 1977. Uh, I went to a movie with my sister. She came home from college and and the movie was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Perhaps some of you have seen that. It was written and directed by Steven Spielberg. Now, I know it's not a Christmas movie, but just kind of hang in there with me for a minute. It's a story about these aliens who, who came to visit Earth for the first time. And, and ahead of their arrival, they mysteriously, these angels, these uh, aliens, communicated to a group of humans that are around America, and they were drawing them to this place of their arrival, which was atop the 869-foot-tall Devil's Tower National Monument in Wyoming. Some of you have probably seen that place. Well, the, the cinematography and the orchestration was, was magnificent, especially for that time. It was groundbreaking. Now, it's not any comparison to what we experience today, but in 1977, it was wonderful. It was actually the second such blockbuster movie uh, that was put out by Steven Spielberg. Jaws was his first one that, that he did, uh, that we, he put out. But towards the end of that movie, as, as you saw the alien ships descending and the sounds of the, of the notes and, and the driving music, and just, it, was, it was glorious. And, and we were caught up in that experience. My heart was pounding, and I... And I at that moment, for some reason, I, I leaned over to my sister Karen and I said to her, this is awesome, but I'm sure it's still nothing compared to the glory of the Lord when he arrives. I don't know why I thought about that as a high school student, but she shook her head and agreed. 
Nothing that we can think about here on earth will compare to the glory of seeing Jesus in heaven or when he returns again. Of course, I I knew that that movie paled, especially, can you imagine what it might have been like to have the heavenly hosts above you proclaiming the good news, going to the manger and seeing God somehow in, in the face of this baby? Wow, that was glory. And someday when Jesus returns, we will see that kind of glory and it will mean unending joy. There will be peace. You know, even the most breathtaking views from the top of the mountains or watching whales jump in a boat that you're in, that doesn't even compare to the glory that awaits us someday. Yes, people will die in their attempts to to climb and scale the height of a mountain, or they will jump out of an airplane to get the thrill and the glory. You know, these are the things of the bucket list. By the way, skydiving is not on my bucket list. (laughs) But sadly, so few people seek to experience the glory of God that we can experience even now. We tend to settle for lesser things. But we shouldn't, because the glory of the Lord outweighs any of these experiences of what we can see, hear, or feel, or taste. I think in heaven, we will have all of those senses, and it will be wonderful. Maybe we will have senses that we can't even dream about in heaven to experience God. In truth, I believe if more of us in the church would venture out to find that glory for ourselves, And if we would tell of that splendor, of that glory, then our churches would be full of people who want to experience the same. I mean, that's the reason why my sister and I went to the movie. We we heard the acclaim. We heard the reviews of our friends. What if the world out there could hear the reviews of our praise because we found the glory of the Lord? Seek and ye shall find. That's what the scriptures say, and I think it fits. Now, it is true that the glory of the Lord seems veiled and covered in the time that we live. But this was not so for Adam and Eve. For Adam and Eve had perfect fellowship with God in the garden, and I think they could see and experience God full glory, and they weren't even mindful of their own nakedness. That was until they fell into sin and they had to depart from the garden. Our sin, like their sins, somehow tarnished the glory, actually the glory that we were created to have because we are created, we are created in his image to have glory. Throughout history, an important part of the Advent season has been us waiting for the second coming of Jesus a time when glory will be restored, a time when peace will come on the earth, a time when all things will be made right and new. This is a part of the Advent, the coming that we celebrate. And on that day, the entire world will bow before Jesus and proclaim him Lord of lords and King of kings. 
and there will be everlasting joy. But it still seems so far off, doesn't it? Yet sometimes God pulls back the curtain of heaven and we can see reflections of glory. There are those moments when forgiveness is offered, when love and goodwill is extended in miraculous ways. These are small reflections of his glory. Few and far between are these moments of peace. Peace like the moment in World War I when on the battle lines with the Germans that, that both sides started to sing silent light. They laid down their guns, and for one night there was peace. But it didn't last very long because of the sin that still reigns in the hearts of men and women today. In the Bible, we read of accounts several times when God's glory and majesty was witnessed in power in a miraculous way. Of course, most of these happened when Jesus was here living on earth, when he did the miracles. But we remember how Moses had to hide himself behind the rock as the glory of the Lord passed by him so that, 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 he, would not, uh, that he himself wouldn't die. You see, it was believed at that time that if, if a sinful person were to see the full glory of the Lord, that we could not stand before the Holy One of Israel. They, in that time, wouldn't even speak the proper name of God because they didn't want to offend God. They, they didn't want to, in some way, not be worthy of that name in fear that they would stand before the Holy One. We see glory when, when uh, Moses and the people witnessed the plagues that, that God brought upon the Egyptian people and the power and the majesty of his glory when, he, when God parted the seas that the Israelites could walk along the other side. Yes, sometimes the glory of the Lord is powerful. It's loud and it can be fearful. And it can make us feel rather small, can't it? Just think about what it would be like for us to stand. You've had those moments when you've stood next to somebody who's really big and tall and you feel so small. Well, just imagine how small we might feel standing next to the glory of God. Well, that was the experience of Isaiah, right? Isaiah 6. It speaks of this at a time, and it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, died that, that, that Isaiah proclaimed, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And the angels flew around and cried, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full with his glory. And at the sound of his voice, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah proclaimed, Woe is me, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He experienced the glory. In the Old Testament, sometimes we saw his glory and holiness. It can be frightful. We desire that kind of glory, but, but what would that glory be like if Jesus were to come? That's why it is so significant, the birth account. For his glory wasn't big and huge and powerful and fearful. He came in a child. 
And you know, if you've around the world, when, when adult parents see a child, they have the exact same expression. The love that's in their heart. There's nothing more approachable and beautiful than a baby born. And that's how he came to us. Why? So that he could be approached by us. So that we could hold him and behold his glory. And you know, even when Jesus grew up, he was always approachable, wasn't he? People weren't always feeling comfortable around him because he wanted them to deal with their sin, because he wanted to heal them. But there's no one who would question the ultimate love that Jesus had for them. Glory came to us. And so as we think about heaven someday when we will approach Jesus I think it will be much the same. I think in those moments, we will find that Jesus is just as approachable. And because our glory will be restored, we'll be able to see his full glory without any harm to us. Our glory will be returned, and we will see his glory, and we shall be like him. That's what it says in the scriptures, doesn't it? This is the beauty of the Christmas message, isn't it? That, that this glory, that Jesus is approachable and his glory has come to the least of these, to the lowly shepherds. And if he came to the shepherds, maybe we could stand in the presence. Everybody has a place at the stable. We're not forgotten. One of the preachers of a small church was musing about where he thought Jesus might be born today and whom the angels might speak. He told the congregation, Jesus would probably come to the dwelling of a simple migrant worker who walked and worked in the fields. And I suppose if a city church pastor were to say, he might say that Jesus was born just outside the Salvation Army Church where the marginalized of the world would gather and come to find assistance and hope. That's where Jesus would go. It's amazing that throughout the Bible, we are taught that we are to care for the poor and the widows and the orphans as a sign of our holiness and of our righteousness. It's our glory as well. And to think that that's exactly what Jesus did. He followed that example. He came and he healed and he, he comforted. Jesus didn't come to the noble and the self-sufficient and the proud. He came to the lonely, the longing hearts, those whose only hope was a miracle from above. And that Jesus still comes to each one of us today. God came to simple sinners to bring hope. Oh, what a glorious night that was, the night when Christ was born. And that just adds to the glory and the wonder of God in Christ, our Savior. It makes me think of one of my favorite hymns that says, Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. One of the wonderful pictures that we see of the, the story, and maybe we overlook it. But it's the picture of after all this happened and, and Mary sitting there with, this, with, with Jesus, she thinks about and she ponders in her heart. She thinks about how the, how the, the angels spoke to her. She thinks about what, what the shepherds had said and, 
and she ponders in her heart. And we should do the same. We should ponder the glory that we already see today because we do see glimpses of that glory. And we should be like the shepherds who, when they heard the sight, they went out and they shared the good news to everyone around. They witnessed the glory of God. You know, when we give glory to God, it's not like we make God greater. And we don't, it, there's no way we can. God is perfect in power and wisdom and might. But when we do give glory, it does change other people. Because other people's opinions of God is changed when we offer that glory. But it's not just other people. It's our hearts that change too. When we sing those songs of glory, joy to the world, our hearts are changed because we are reminded that we were created for glory and that Jesus is the gift of glory. And when we receive it, we find joy. My prayer for you this uh, Christmas season is that you will seek out the glory of the Lord for yourself and that you will share that message with others today. May the glory and the joy of Christmas be the gift you receive this Christmas. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for those experiences of life where we see the glory peeled back, where we can see images of the goodness that is yet to come. But Lord, we know that our, our world is so dark sometimes, and, and yet we still hope and we hold on to the glory that we have. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to be our Savior. Help us to share the message of your love and your joy with other people, that what we have, they might have, that you might come and be their personal Savior and Lord. And Lord, for anyone who is here and, and hearing the prayer today, if they want to receive the glory of Jesus, if they want to have a relationship with you, help them to just simply confess their sins, ask you to come in, and in that moment you forgive them and your glory will shine in them and the Holy Spirit will dwell with them and salvation will be theirs forever and always. Lord, we thank you for this is one of the great gifts of Christmas. Thank you for Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise you. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us and listening to today's message. Please keep connected with us and check out our website, baileyroad.org. And may the Lord fill you with joy as you turn to God's holy word.